Welcome to Unbreakable Success. This is Aaron Keith Hawkins. Right now, you can get a free copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, plus access to free training and free one-on-one coaching to improve your influence, relationships, and personal confidence. Just go to AaronKeithHawkins.com to get it all. That's AaronKeithHawkins.com. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unbreakable Success. I'm I'm really stoked to have you here, uh, Kenyon Salo. The, the, I, you know what's funny? Every once in a while, you'll hear people that actually give themselves sort of a nickname, and you are known as the the James Bond of public speaking, which I love. And sometimes those things can go wrong, like when you self nick. And I'm assuming that you you came up with the theme, or at least you and your team came up with the theme, because sometimes it doesn't fit. Will you agree? But uh, in your case, Kenyon, uh, the James Bond in public speaking, it's authentic. It kind of speaks to the, the kind of guy that you are, at least from what I've been able to get to know of you, the adventurous spirit, um, the confidence, the having a job and wanting to get it done and, uh, you know, and, and doing it with some style and pizzazz. And I've seen some of your keynotes. I've seen what you're about. And it's definitely been exciting to, to get to know you and talk to you a little bit. And it definitely is great to have you on the show today. So for everybody that doesn't know you, tell me a little bit about, uh, tell all of us a little bit about you and what you're up to these days, please. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's such a pleasure and it's really great to connect. And that's the one thing that I love about this industry and the potential to be able to do podcasts is it's not just about the podcast itself. It's about meeting the people that are behind the podcast. You, you're, you're living the podcast, you're you're leading the podcast. And then of course, all of your audience members, all of your listeners, I celebrate them. And I thank all of you guys for being on. And you mentioned earlier about being the James Bond of speaking. And, and for me, it was one of those things where I wanted something that would catch somebody's eye, but again, at the same time, being very authentic to who I am, which is that balance that you talk about where it's like, it's important that you, you list yourself as something that you can actually back up, follow up that type of thing. Yeah. And so I did some studying on what James Bond is and who he is and, and the, the brand that he personifies. And yeah. I said, okay, there's a lot of things that I fall into that place where it's like, you know, being on stage, well-dressed, being good with technology, having humor, but at the same time, not being infallible, realizing that you can be bumbling, you can make mistakes at the same <laughs> yeah. time and adventurous and succeed in that type of thing. So that was that was really important to me, and I love it. And it's far better than a lot of times I see on LinkedIn, where people are like, "So and so, motivational speaker." Yeah, like you're not going any further in terms <laughs> of like who is this person, right? Yeah. But James Bond is speaking. Hey, I'm yeah. gonna check this out for sure. Uh, brilliant, um, brilliant from a business aspect, and and even more importantly, I love it because, like you said, it's authentic. Um, if if I can share a little bit about uh, with the audience about you and I and how we wound up connecting. It's funny, a couple months ago, uh, I told you when we talked on the phone the other day, the first time I heard you was, was on another podcast uh, called The World of Speakers, I think, uh, from SpeakerMatch.com. Yeah. And uh, you were doing a training on, on speaking because you, you've been doing this in a relatively short window and you've made some amazing progress. I mean, for, for everybody listening, I'm, I, we're going to hook up the links to his website and things like that, obviously, in the show notes for this episode. But your website is stunning. It's it's one of the most stunning sites I've seen visually. You have so much great contact uh, content. The people that you engage with in your audiences are just obviously like into it. Like you you have a great persona, persona about you. Um, but what what drew me to you was when you were giving that training on speaker match. You were just giving so much great content to help people accomplish what it is they wanted to accomplish. Like there was so much authentic authenticity and it. it wasn't like you were trying to just spread a few breadcrumbs so you can reel somebody into a sales pitch or something like that. You were just really trying to help and it came through very authentically. And and that theme kind of carried through when I see you, when I saw you on stage uh, watching some of your keynote videos. As I told you, I was prepping for one of my keynotes I was doing last week and uh, I always love to watch people that I admire along the way. And I think I was watching Mel Robbins and maybe a Brendan Bouchard or somebody. And then your your uh, keynote came up, and which was cool because I just heard you recently before that. And then funny enough, you and I are connected with um, Nicole Jansen. Yeah. And I saw that you were on her podcast. And it was, it was sort of a trifecta of, you know, this guy Kenyon popping up on the radar. And uh, I'm glad 
that from there we were able to to connect and and get you on the show today. I I definitely would love to have you share with everybody what you call the bucket list life, which is sort of a one of the overarching themes of what you do. And and uh, I'd also love to get to um, you helping some people out with with connection because what I what I notice about you and you can correct me if I'm wrong that it's really important. It seems to be really important to you that you connect with people authentically when you're when you're doing your speaking and when you're engaging in conversation and that's something that is essential for not just speakers but entrepreneurs people in their daily life if they're on a nine to five people at home with their family so i'd love to get some of your thoughts on that as we go along today but uh first and foremost how did this journey start for you how did you roll into wind up being this uh this public speaker and especially one that has made so much progress uh, from a business standpoint really fast and really authentically. How'd that play out for you? Well, it's been the one thing that has been throughout my whole life, yet I wasn't paying attention to it completely. Yeah. So if I, if I see where I'm at now, definitely we are all an amalgamation of our entire lives. The sure. things that have happened to us, the successes, the failures, the highlights and the lowlights, all those things make us who we are. And for me, the common theme that has been running through, yes, adventure and living that life where I, I want to experience the word, uh, the world. And that word experience is so very strong because it's, it's deep in the core of who I am. Yeah. I want to experience it. I want to give people experiences. On the other side is the thing that I've been really good at is once I do experiences, I want to teach others. I want to help others be able to do that same thing. And whether it's Back in the day when I was six years old, jumping my bike off of a, a homemade you know, plywood ramp over a trash can or then saying, hey, you can do this, too, to my neighborhood friends. Let me show you how to do it. And then being able to transfer that to later in life, saying, hey, this is what I found about mindset and being able to accomplish goals. And when you talk about what I shared on the speaker match call and I appreciate you, you getting and being able to capture that moment where it's that giving freely because yeah. our team our team decided at the beginning of this year that we would give as much as we could give to speakers give to event planners give to podcasts give to anybody we can because we realize when we help others first everything we desire will come back tenfold yeah so we decided to put that out there so anything i can do to be able to help others i just give that information knowing it, it will all come back Sure. And, and that's how it is. So that's how I got from the very beginning, knowing that I was a speaker, trainer, somebody that wants to help and that I was going to tie it in with adventure and stories and things like that and be able to bring that to the stage or bring that to a podcast or a training along the way. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those who don't don't know, Kenya has uh, what are you over 6000 uh, jumps now. Yeah, 6,000 skydives, about 400 base jumps. I love to wingsuit fly, too. Nice. So I know a lot of people have seen that on YouTube. Uh, it, it's basically like flying around over houses and trees. It, yeah. It's magical. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty amazing. It's, it's definitely uh, – right, I'm not going to push and say that it's on my bucket list yet. But it is, it is out there sort of floating around, and uh, we'll see if I grab onto it or not. Uh, you're also – you're still with the Broncos, the Denver Broncos uh, jump team. So you may yeah, see you – know, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. The schedule comes out every April, and I've already got it. It's all on my calendar for the nice. fall season. Our preseason games start in August. And, yeah, we get to skydive into every single home game that the Broncos have. And that is so – oh, man, 70,000 people Screaming. landing on the field. Uh, it's 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 a pinnacle of my life. It's amazing. Yeah, that, that's got to be a lot of fun. How, how long have you, been, have you been with the team now? Uh, seven years. So, really? yeah, 2011 is, is when it started for me. And they started in 2009. And okay. uh, it's we're the only team that's associated with an NFL team yeah. that uh, skydives always into every single game. That's pretty amazing, man. That's that's got to be so much fun. Now, uh, again, this is one of those things that one of the reasons I was really hoping to get you on the show is because you have this this great mixture of living life to the fullest, and you certainly. By most people's standards, you take it to the extreme. You're jumping out of airplanes. You're you're flying wingsuits. You're doing base jumps, and really, and, and it's authentically you. You're not trying to show off. You just it's obvious that you love 
doing this I, it, you, to the point where you even you're even bringing along guests uh, when you do some keynotes. Sometimes you bring. Uh, do you do that every keynote where you have somebody with the uh, a oh. thing under their seat to to have them join you on a jump? Only if it naturally comes up. Only yeah. if in that moment, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So sometimes it's just I say it. Sometimes I do it. It, it just depends. Yeah. So uh, I've had about uh, half a dozen people from events decide to come to Colorado sure. and do a skydive with me, which it's magical to be able to help them check that off. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. So, well, tell us this, because uh, I, like I, I touched on earlier, one of the themes of your of what you do when you're speaking is this thing that you call the bucket list life. Tell us what that's about and how it sort of evolved and became a thing for you. Yeah, the bucket list life is really what I've been living, but I didn't know it. And then once I started to dig into it and unpack it, it's what I realized that most people are doing anyways. Or the other side of it is if someone feels stuck, Mm -hmm. they're not doing one of these three things or they're not doing the three things in a continuum. Sure. And there's no particular order that you have to do them in. But the way that I, I put them out there is first, create more experiences. Second, share more stories. And third, live more fulfilled by helping others. When we do those three things, again, not in any particular order, but when we're consistently doing those three things, we feel the most ap- happy. We feel the most alive. We feel like we're doing or being what we're supposed to be on the planet. And that's that's the brilliance of in and around it. So yeah, I would love to share those three concepts with you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into them as far as, and and I'd love to make this relevant for, for you all that are listening right now. I'd love to make this relevant. If we start with create more experiences, because look, it's, it's 2018, everybody's hyper, I want to say hyper busy, but really most people are hyper distracted. Um, whether they're building a business or they're, they're running the kids to and from school and they got to get to work and then they got to get to, or they got to get to work and work on the side business on top of that. So there's all these things that get us caught up. So, you know, you bring up this point of creating more experiences and a lot of people will immediately push back and say, well, you know, I don't have time to create more experiences. How can I build that into my everyday life? What is your answer to them? Because I think, you know, we can, we can sort of try to simplify what it means to create more experiences, but what does that mean to you when you share it with, because obviously you're sharing these spe- this speech with you know CEOs and executives and salespeople, um, corporate functions. So you're not speaking to other adventurists all the time when you're sharing this. So how do you connect it and make it relevant to the people that you're speaking to, including our audience today? Well, absolutely. I believe that every one of us has a desire to create more experiences. Now, creating more experiences is about self. Right. It's about what I want to do. What do I want to see? What do I want to experience? which is totally cool because we have to fill up our own cup in order to give to others. So when we want to create experiences, if we think back to times at any time we created a new experience, whether it's a new movie that we saw, we tried a new restaurant, or we said, hey, let's try river rafting or jumping out of a plane. It doesn't matter what the experience is. It doesn't have to be uh, an extreme experience. It just has to be something new. And that's something new, like say, hey, I want to learn a new language before I travel to Spain. And so you, 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 you learn Spanish and you say, okay, that's great. The thing is new experiences challenge us. Yeah. New experiences yeah. help us grow. They make us feel alive. Why? Well, they're a little scary. And that's <laughs> when you say, Hey, we're hyper busy. Yeah. Well, that's really a hyper excuse. It's like, sure. Oh, I don't have time to do that. Oh, but I'm going to binge watch this on Netflix. Like <laughs> yes. you could yeah. have said yes to that experience yep. and gone and done it. You are looking for, or I say you, just people that are saying no to stuff is because their fears come up for them. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, uh, that is so true. And it's one of the things that, uh, you know, and I I brought that point up about being so busy because it's one of the common excuses I get, you know, when I'm coaching or if I'm speaking with people and, you know, we bring up the concept of, of just living more and living authentically and immediately the excuses come up about time. But uh, I think it was... I'm sure more than one person said this, but we all have, we all make time. We all have time for what we, the things we must do. So when it becomes a must and it becomes a priority for, you know, you and I, that we want to create these new experiences, we'll make, we'll make room for it. We're fine. Move room for it. And we'll push the things that are nice to do, but not necessarily mandatory to do out of the way. Um, so jump, jump into uh, what's next on the list and, and what does it look like? 
Well, I'll add one more thing to the experience because it's sure. the thing that you just talked about, which is why we're not doing it. And I think that's the key because a lot of people think, well, I want to, but I'm not. And, and it's really the thing that we unpack is why are people not doing it? Yeah. And again, one of the things that you talked about, and I talked to audiences all across the country and it's the same four things every single time that keep people from doing a new experience, time, location, yeah finances. You're like, oh, I don't have the money or I have to stay here because of my kids or, you know, it's, it's, oh, I'm just busy. I, oh, I got all this stuff. And then of course fear, but really what is fear? And that's the environment, the environment that you live in, your friends, your family, your coworkers, yeah. the, the, where you live is saying, Hey, don't go do that new thing. Like yeah. don't get into that relationship. You'll break your heart or don't start that new business, you'll lose a lot of money or don't go skydiving. You're definitely going to die. You know, yeah. Those are yeah. the things that come up like your environment's telling you that. And sometimes your environment is the environment that's between your two ears. Yeah. It's your brain that's saying, no, you're going to fail. It's not going to be great, et cetera, et cetera. And your environment keeps you from those things. So I push my environment away and I say, I am going to do this and it will be what it is. It might turn out amazing. It might not succeed the way I thought. But in the end, I always get an experience about, out of it. And that experience is always learning and it always helps me become better at what I'm doing. So that is in a nutshell of what Create More Experiences is all about. Sure. I, I love that, man. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious. I'd love to get your perspective on this because, because doing what you do, um, when you started really pushing – your your speaking career as as like your thing like your jam when you started uh really pushing on it years ago did you have did you find it easier or did you find it harder based on who you were around at the time and how did how do you how do you balance that as far as having people in your circle that are you know are going to push you to do the things that are that are on your own personal bucket list and you know to do more speaking how does that look for you because we've all got our own thing i've certainly found that as I started building this platform, this podcast, and, and doing the book I just wrote, if I didn't have certain people around me, uh, including my family, but even outside of my family, if I didn't have the right people in place, it would be a lot, a heck of a lot harder to do this stuff. Because like you said, your environment's really going to create what you consider acceptable, right? You know, we are the, the five people we spend the most time with, so to speak, as uh, Jim Rohn said. So how did that look? For, how does that look for you when it comes to making sure that you've got the right people around you and you got the support you need to keep, keep grinding out, uh, the work that you do. Yeah. You know, public speaking and standing on stage and being in front of a group is one of the number one fears that people have. Sure. And so when you take that number one fear of being on stage, and I was actually talking to one of my coaching clients about this because she was saying that she freezes up before, you know, they announce her name and she freezes up and inside and she's about to go on stage. And what we unpacked was what happens on stage when people walk onto stage and they have to give some sort of presentation and they have that feeling of they want to maybe they want to be sick or they freeze yeah. up or they they have all these fears. Well, it comes from the fear of wanting to be perfect or the fear of judgment or on top of that, the, the fears of in and around of like, will I remember what I'm supposed to say? Sure. And what we realized that in that process is that it's those things, first and foremost, are coming from within our head. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that, that keep us from doing what we want to do. And ultimately, when we step on the stage in any capacity, and what I mean is you can say you can use the stage as just kind of a, it's, it's that thing, a metaphor for life where yeah. you're stepping onto the stage in life. Like I'm going to go step on a stage with this new thing. You need a group of people that are supporting you first and foremost, yeah. you need yourself to support you because if you believe you're not worthy of that next step. And again, that's a lot for like, why am I on stage? Why is my message more important than somebody else's? How is my message valuable to the stage and to the audience than, than this other person? Well, first and foremost, every person has an inspirational story. Yep. Every person in the audience that I'm in front of, they have an inspirational story that could be turned into a two hour movie that somebody would watch the Academy Award winning that has inspiration there. So as we align ourselves with really good people in our life, yes, some people are going to fall off. Yeah. That person that used to be there is not going to be there. It's okay. 
it's okay to, it doesn't mean that you love them less. It doesn't mean that you like them less. It just means you're resonating on a different level and you're moving to a different level. So when I moved into speaking, there was a lot of support. And I would say the biggest challenges came from within my own head. Yeah. Yeah. That was the toughest. Once I moved through that shirt, yeah, my friends joke about it. And I've got this thing with the ladder. And they're like, have you stood on any ladders lately? And I'm like, actually, I did. And it was amazing. And I impacted an audience. And on top of it, I got paid. So it's yeah. it's it's interesting how it's still there. Like yeah, your environment yeah. will still poke at you oh, even yeah. when you're successful. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff doesn't go away. If for, for those that don't know, part of, uh, well, Kenyon, I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain, uh, the latter, how you incorporate that with your keynotes. Well, it's part of the experiences part that I talked about and I bring out a ladder and heights. It's, it's one of the two things we're born with in terms of fears, yep. born with fear of loud noises yep. and we're born with fear of heights. Everything else is learned. Yes. Every other fear we have is learned. We saw, we heard, someone told us, or we experienced. And then now we have a fear in and around it. So ladder is that metaphor. And I climb up the ladder and eventually I stand on the very top step. You know that step where they're like, do not stand on yeah. or above this step. Yeah. Could cause serious bodily injury or death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do that and it, it invokes a feeling within the audience as if they were on that step. Yeah. And they, their palms sweat and they get nervous and they get yeah. uncomfortable, which is what I want. Yeah. So I use that as a really good tool to unpack that exact feeling. Whose idea was that? Did you just like as you were as you were did you just one day wake up and say, dude, I'm gonna get a ladder and just stand on it during my next keynote? Or was it something that you just incorporated before you even started doing this? Well, I think the keynote that you saw had a step stool in it. That was and, the one I saw. Yeah, yeah, it was just a stool. Which was what one of my earlier ones. And I remember the step stool is only two and a half feet tall. Yeah. And I remember practicing on sta uh, backstage. I was like, I hope I don't fall off this step stool. Yeah. Right. That was my thought process. But it was a <laughs> spur of the moment. And then uh, months later, I was at another event and I was walking through the hallways of the convention center mm -hmm. and I saw this ladder and I said, oh, it was an eight foot ladder. And I said, that's <laughs> perfect. That's the next step. No yeah. pun intended for me to take in this presentation. And then I just I brought it in. I used it. It 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 brought up so much for the audience. And there was actually I was standing on the top step and this one woman yells out. She says, please get down from that. You're making us all feel uncomfortable. Now, here's the key thing. The key thing is I started thinking in my own head, maybe I should take this out of my presentation. Yeah, I don't want the audience to feel uncomfortable. I'm a loving and compassionate human being. Oh no, what have I done? And then I realized and I unpacked it in the moment and I said, you are now my environment and your environment saying, get down from that step. You're making me feel uncomfortable is the exact reason why I have to be on that step yeah. to show you that the environment almost caused me to not do something in life. Yeah. And they got yeah. it at that point. That's yeah. when it, it, it just, it drove it home. Yeah. That is that is brilliant. So so wait, let me get this straight. So you hadn't even practiced this the first time you decided to do the eight foot ladder because the ladder is big. I saw. I think you had it's on one of your uh, photos on your site. It's I mean it's a ladder that is taller than most humans. Well, pretty much pretty much every human that I know. When you stand it up, the eight foot tall ladder. So you were it was before a speech. You saw it in the hallway and you just decided I'm just going to stand on the top of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that it was in that moment, which again. Here's the thing. All I said was yes. Yeah. So the idea popped in my head and I said yes to the idea. And then I let the how figure itself out. Right. I didn't know how <laughs> it was going to be setting it up. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to be, you know, making that move to the top step. I didn't know how the audience was going to respond. I just said, this feels like I, something I should do. Yes, it's scary, but I'm going to do it and make it happen. And I've gotten as high as 12 foot ladders in the big convention centers with the huge stages. Yeah. And when the stage is three feet tall and you got a 12 foot ladder and I'm, you know, nearly six feet, you, you, well, let me be very clear five, nine. So I'm not nearly <laughs> six feet. So, but, but, but again, with that in mind, you start to get up to that. Tw my eyes are at 20 feet. Yeah. That's a big deal. Heck that yeah. is a big deal. And, uh, it's a great place, uh, to make a lot of jokes. Sure. Uh, it, it is challenging every time. 
Um, but again, it drives the point home for the audiences. And you know what? No other speaker's doing that. So I, right. I have that uniqueness. Look, you're safe, man. I love doing keynotes, but uh, you're pretty much safe as far as that particular <laughs> prop goes. I'm not stealing that one. I may steal something else from you, but it's not going to be the ladder trick. I promise. <laughs> Exactly. So, there you go. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, bucket list life. We're, we're on experience, uh, excuse me, creating experiences. Um, I love the concept, and it's so important for so many reasons, which which we all touched on. Um, but what's the what is the next tier on so, this? So yeah, creating the experiences is the biggest part, and then it moves into sharing more stories, which is yeah. exactly what we're doing here. Yeah. You see, we're more connected in life than ever, but we're also more disconnected to the to, than ever. Yeah. Social media has really made us disconnected. Social media has made us uh, where we see everything. We have a lot of FOMO or we're not hearing real stories or we're like, oh, I'm fully caught up with that person. I don't need to actually see them in person. I, I really believe that as we share stories and look, even social media is doing its very best to have that continue like Instagram and the whole stories feature yeah. is amazing because it allows us to start to really deeply connect. And when you get face to face with someone or at least pick up the phone and you have a conversation or even the ability through Skype or FaceTime and you share those stories, you feel connected. It's an energy exchange. It's like when you sit next to somebody on an airplane and you say, hi, how are you? And then you go into conversation. Next thing you know, three hours goes by and yeah. you're still talking to that person. It's pretty cool. You know them better than most people because you decided to have a deep conversation with them. Yeah. And I feel because of this energy exchange and the positivity around it, it's really so powerful. It makes us feel like great things have happened. And on top of it, stories come from that, from the campfire days, from the from way back in you know caveman days. And yeah. that, that's what they drew stories on the walls. They told stories over campfire. Eventually, we told stories while, you know, and we still do it, breaking bread and having meals together. And those environments are also where wisdom is passed down Sure. or we share, like, let me share something I know that may help you. And that's the power of stories. So stories is a key way to connect. And the stories, as I mentioned, uh, self is creating more experiences. Stories is about friends and family, yeah. creating friends and family relationships. Yeah. That, that, um, Kenny, that's such a brilliant point because I mean even if we look at you mentioned social media these days and for for anybody that starts a that starts a business or even thinking about starting a business one of the you know one of the, the components of what they feel obligated to have to do is get on social media you got to be on Facebook got to be on Twitter and even Snapchat some people are starting to uh, squeeze into is from a business front and Instagram like you mentioned but really if we pay attention to it just from if we look at who's really doing well using these tools in their business it's usually the ones that are engaging in just storytelling beyond you know putting up a motivational quote or and things like that which i do myself and a lot of people connect with that but really the most engagement happens is when you decide to have the video if you look at a, a guy like Van, uh, gary vanderchuk from vayner media he's he's always cursing and he's real boisterous and stuff but if you think about it the reason people are willing to connect with him this even if it's someone who's not crazy about the language he uses or they think he's too loud, people will watch and connect and listen because he tends to, he allows people in to story. Like he'll, he'll film a whole interview that he's having with somebody that's engaged with him and his audience and, and they'll create a whole story about it. it. There's a natural attraction to wanting to play out those things. I mean, think about, you brought up movies earlier and uh, we love engaging in completely fictional story. My daughter, my daughter went to see uh, the Avengers movie Friday night uh, with some friends, and she came home said she was crying. She's not even a big Avengers fan, but she was crying because she was engaged with the storyline. And and uh, I love that you bring that up as as part of what we should be doing in our lives as as like a permanent fixture is sharing those stories. Uh, it's it's extremely powerful on so many fronts because it does create a connection. It definitely creates a business connection for those that are that like to listen to the show to, to learn something to help them engage in their business better. And certainly in our personal lives, when we're willing, like you said, to share that conversation, even with somebody that's a total stranger on an airplane, uh, makes a huge, a huge difference. Was there, I got to ask this, was there a certain point when 
Or was there like a, a pivotal moment where you realized that storytelling or sharing stories was something that you really need to include as a pillar of what you teach from the stage? Uh, was there a moment that that happened or, is it, or was it sort of a looking over your shoulder and seeing a collective uh, pattern of things that had gone on in your life that made you realize how important that was? I would say both. I think what it comes down to is the fact that if you go to a coffee shop sure. and you sit there and listen to the people that are connecting in a coffee shop, you will hear the different stories that they're sharing with their friend or their family member or even somebody if it's a business meeting. Stories are super, super key, and it is that bond between two people. And then I definitely love the storyline of movies. Yeah. And to see this and the underdog. And even Joseph Campbell talks about the hero's journey. Yeah. And that and how amazing that storyline is of what makes that successful. And to see how powerful stories are, what I realize is that audiences engage with stories. If you're being authentic and you're speaking from the heart and yeah. you can tell stories. And I was connecting with actually somebody I was out to lunch yesterday with two individuals and we were having a great lunch. And she asked, how do you know what stories to tell an audience? And I said, first and foremost, it comes down to just being authentic in your storytelling. Yeah. And, and when you're authentic with your storytelling, then that's where it's super, super powerful. And on top of that, it's like, it just depends on the moment. Sometimes the story needs to be super visual and exciting. Yeah. Like I was in South Africa and a wild boar was chasing me and this <laughs> didn't happen. But I was, and, and again, this is, this is the storyline and you're building that storyline and then baba and something super funny happened. Yeah. Or the storyline is that, uh, more dramatic or more impactful. And again, if we think about the stories we're telling others and the stories we're telling ourselves, yeah. I often say to audiences, are the stories adventurous? Are they like a romantic comedy? Are they like a drama? Hopefully it's not like a horror movie, right? <laughs> but what movie line is it? Yeah. Is it a love story? What is the story you're sharing? And that's really how the audiences connect. And so I realized when I tell stories, the audience connects with me. They feel like I know him. Yeah. And if it's a story that's relatable to them, they think it's like he knows me. Yes. Yes. One of the coolest compliments to get after a speech, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure oh, you've heard gosh. it a million times. Yes. Yeah. I love it every time. It's amazing. Yeah. And it, it is pretty, uh, it's pretty great. A pretty great experience to hear that. Uh, it's definitely, and it, it's, it's proof itself, you know, to have a, somebody who was otherwise a total stranger come up to you and, and tell you how impactful it was when you told that story. So, uh, trust me, everyone, uh, take it from Kenyon. He's a man who knows, uh, live that, uh, live, include that storytelling into a regular part of your life. So what's, what is the, uh, let's get to this third leg of the bucket list life. We went from creating yes. experiences and sharing more stories. What's the third leg that we have? The third leg is living more fulfilled. It's the one thing and the main reason we're on this planet. We want to feel like we've lived a fulfilled life. And how does that happen? It happens by helping others. And, you know, we had gone into a nursing home, a retirement home, uh, individuals 86 and above. So we had 86 to 96 years old. There were 10 of them in this house. And we interviewed each of them and we asked them four questions. And the first question was, uh, what is something you did when you were younger? Mm -hmm. And then what is something you're most proud of? And then the third was, what is something you wish you had done? And the fourth was, what is some advice you'd like to give to anybody younger than you? Now, going into it, I thought the number three was going to be the powerful one. What is something you wish you had done? Right. But that was different for each person. It was kind of across the board and powerful stuff, but it, it wasn't the common theme. Number two was the big one, which was, what is something you're most proud of? And what it came down to was that Every single person said the thing that they were most proud of in their life was not, oh, I saw this, I experienced this, I, I you know, fell in love with this person, etc. Instead, it was when I gave back, wow. whether it was when they volunteered their time, their money, they shared something, they opened their house to somebody else, when they gave back. Yeah. They remember that time at the end of their 
years as the most important thing. And it was the same for every individual. Wow. So I started looking into this and I, I realized that the power is that when we help others first, and I said this earlier, that everything comes back tenfold, but it also is a physical thing that happens in the chemistry of our body, that the oxytocin is released, that cardioprotective hormone is sent through our body, through the bloodstream, goes through the bloodstream, goes to the heart, makes you feel great, and actually makes you feel healthy and more, and you become more healthy because of this. And that not only when you do something great for somebody, or when you have something that is done for you, or if you watch or see something great being done for another individual, yeah. all three people feel the same way and have the same yeah. chemistry reaction. That's amazing to me. It is. It is. It, it, it really is. Yeah, the power of giving is, is, is powerful. Like you said, it doesn't even have to be you. I mean, it goes back to having those right five people in your circle, man. You want to be around people that are, are that have the same mindset and want to give and they want to contribute either through their service or through uh, some volunteer or charitable thing that they're involved in, whatever it is, because even having people around you that do that, um, you can reap the benefits of it, even if it's in a moment that you're not actually engaged with it uh, yourself. I was... Uh, when I, I mentioned earlier, I finished a book recently and one of the, the studies I talk about in there, I think it was at Stanford, and they did a study of, uh, coincidentally enough, a study of some elderly people. And there was two groups of them. One group was volunteers. They were volunteering, volunteering their time in these charitable causes and the other group uh, was not. They just, you know, they were living their lives and enjoying themselves. Uh, long story short, a five-year extended lifespan amongst the group that were givers compared to the non-givers was the result of the study. People were actually, they were actually living longer, or as the study said, less likely to reach mortality. Uh, and this is over the course of years because they were engaged in giving. So your, your, your point, <laughs> to your point, man, it's, it's some research-backed facts uh, that you're talking about there is the power of giving is, is pretty amazing. It is. And you come from that place. You are authentic. I mean, as I sit here on Skype and I see and I see this background and for the listeners, he's got this amazing, this huge canvas of him <laughs> and his wife and his uh, child. And you yeah. can see that, that that it says love across it, like in big red letters, it says L-O-V-E. And that's not just from the family side. My guess is that because you feel that 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 word, empathy, compassion, love, yeah. and that you're willing to put it on a big blown up canvas on your wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My guess is you live that way. True. It, it, it is. It is one of my core values, man. It definitely is. I, I it is. It, I, I couldn't read, I couldn't not have it back there. It's funny. Cause I thought about, Oh, should I have something more cool? Or, and I was like, Nope. Nope, that's that is the coolest thing yeah. you could have. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. my little one. It's my 12-year-old Sophia, and it's, of course, my wife, uh, Kathy, in the photo. And I, I do. I love it. it that was a dis hey, happiest place on earth, man. It was Disney. <laughs> that's it. Dreams coming true. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, listen, man, I, I, I love that uh, this, this story, this talk about giving. I, I got to ask you this. What is the feedback that you get? When you touch on these, because these are three main components. I'm sure you talk about many things uh, in, your, in the long line of keynotes that you do, but these are the three main components of your uh, presentation majority of the time. Is that true? So actually what's brilliant and, and maybe a little bit of luck that I stumbled upon it this way. Yeah. The, key, the keynote was designed with these three things in mind as an inspiration, motivation keynote. Yep. And then someone said, hey, can you do the same keynote and structure it towards customer service? And I was like. I can. Yeah. And I realized that <clears throat> customer service, it's about experiences. It's about sharing stories with your yeah. customers and it's about helping customers first. And yeah. then I realized I could do it for leadership. I can do it for sales. I can do it for team building. Yeah. And we started looking into this. And even recently, someone challenged me. They said, look, there's a high suicide rate in my town. Mm. And they said, would your message work? And I said, look, I want to be very clear. I am not a suicide expert. Yeah. Yet, at the same time, the people that are happiest are doing these three things. Sure. And when I realized, I said, look, I could be an addition to yeah. a type of presentation like that where I could explain how when we're creating experiences, 
We feel alive. We feel fired up. When we're sharing stories, we feel connected. We have relationships. Yeah. When we're helping others, we feel more fulfilled. And it's about community. Yeah. And when those three things are there, generally people start to see the light instead of the dark. And so yeah. it's amazing how much this presentation transcends across all forms, audiences, ages, and demographics. Yeah, I, I love it, man. And that's, that's one of the things I love about this. It is so... Uh, I love things that, that just work. Like, they don't just work in this corner of the world or in this particular situation. I love things that just work, which probably one of the biggest struggles I've had in business um, as a coach and as, you know, when I years ago when I started building this platform is what do I want to, you know, everybody was like, find your niche. You got to niche it down and you got to get just your little specialty and you can't talk about anything else because you got to get known as the expert in this thing. That was one of my biggest struggles because... I'm a bit of a pragmatist. I mean, I, you know, Kenny, I've been I've been a police officer since 1995. I spent two decades just, you know, just the facts, ma'am, so to speak. So I, I really, <laughs> at my core, you know, even though I don't carry that identity around, which just kind of makes me the, you know, this the things I do these days isn't exactly what everybody else in my industry is doing. So I am, I've always been a bit of a an outsider when it comes to that. But I am a bit of a pragmatist in that I like things that just make sense don't tell me it makes sense now but it won't 10 minutes from here or it won't make sense if i drive around the corner if it won't it won't make sense if i'm a salesman or it won't make sense if i'm you know a, a ceo or leading a fortune 500 corporation and i love this about what you do because these things they they are applicable regardless of where you are and and i think that speaks to authenticity because when you're really when you're sharing a method a message that's real and authentic it's going to be real no matter who hears it, assuming they're willing to listen. And uh, I appreciate that about you and, and what it is you're, you're doing and what you've, what you've built uh, quickly over these years. Um, I'd, I'd love to ask you this. When it comes to, obviously, you're, you're a guy that knows communication very well, and you've gotten a ton of feedback um, traveling all over the, the country and all over the world doing these keynotes. If you had to give someone who is they're working on their brand, whether their brand is, you know, in their nine to five and they're hoping to get promoted and move up the career ladder or whether their brand is, you know, they're a personal fitness trainer and a nutritionist and they just want to be able to connect with their people on a, on a stronger, on a, make stronger connections as they meet new potential clients and as they're serving their current clients. What are some of the things that you've learned about uh, connecting, sincerely connecting with people that you can share uh, with the people listening that, that can get some tangible value out of it that you've seen consistently working for you? Mm -hmm. I would say think of a time in your life where you met someone and within 10 minutes you feel as if they're a brother from another mother, a sister from <laughs> yeah. another mister. It's like, how have we not known each other? Like, yeah. you are unbelievable we're best friends now. Yeah. Like add me on Facebook. This is it. I, and then you, and then you realize that you're lifelong friends. Yeah. My guess is the reason that happened is because both of you, not just one, but both of you were being authentic. Yeah. You were being your true self. Yeah. You didn't have walls up. You didn't have this idea of being perfect. You didn't have this, these, these preconceived notions that you have to act or be a certain way to fit into what you believe your environment is. You just said, this is who I am. And if you think of uh, Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness, yeah. where he shows up in the meeting and he's wearing the, the paint tattered clothes, yeah. you know, and in that moment you realize he was authentically him yeah. and he got the job. So what does that say? You show up being you. And if yeah. they don't connect with you, they're not the people you need to be around. Yeah, because you need to be you. And that's how you find your people. And so what happens is you're in your environment. And let's say you want to make a step up in your environment. Again, you authentically be you. Maybe some of those people come with you. Maybe they don't. But you also find this next level of people. And it's there's a lot of power in that. And so, yeah, authenticity is the number one game. And the one more thing I'll add is, especially for speakers or if you're on stage, you must be speaking from a place of who you are when you're off stage. Yeah. It's not about who you show up and how you show up on stage. It's how you show up off stage. 
And when those two are mirror images of each other, people will connect with you because they say he lives what he speaks. Yeah, I, man, I could not have. If you gave me a week, I couldn't have said that better myself, honestly, because it, it is it is so true. I've seen it happen over and over again. Unfortunately, I've seen it play out the other way when people don't, when they try to put on a, a you know, a false persona or try to act a certain way and they get robotic about, and, and I get it, you know, a lot of times when it's new for people and they're not used to being, they're not used to speaking or they're not used to having a sales conversation or they're not used to getting on a stage or on a podcast or doing a show. It can feel uncomfortable, so I'm, I'm not speaking to that when it feels awkward just because it's, you know, you're riding a bike for the first time, right. but but when the intention is to just, look, I'm just I'm just going to be me and just have this conversation and, and offer what I have to share, and like you said, be the same guy or the same gal on stage and off stage, oh, man, people notice that, and not only do they notice it, they appreciate it, and it makes you stand out. It really does. When we started this conversation today, one of the things I told about you was, you know, I, I love the fact that you're actually you're actually this dude that can put James Bond in the title of his thing, and it's not BS. It's like it's it's real. It's 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 the kind of life you live, and it, and it's and it's what you're about, and it fits. It's not yeah. like you're trying to put on this thing on or off. Uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to talk with you on a phone and here on this interview and I see you on stage and I can tell everyone listening, it's the same guy. I mean, it's, 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 you can hear it in the voice, you can see it in the presentation, the body language. It's the same dude every single time, regardless of where you see uh, Kenyon Salo. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to know somebody as another person like that because it, it speaks highly of you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. This has been super fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, I want to uh, I want to ask you this um, before we wind it up today. I got to ask this. There's got to be something I'm curious to know from a guy that is the James Bond of public speaking and 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 has this this amazing mission of of helping people live their life to the fullest and create these experiences, tell more stories, and 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 be more giving in their own life. What do you? What's the next evolution evolution for you? I mean, you got a lot crossed off the list what is your what does your list look like now that is yet to be completed i i think people would love to hear that the next evolution that is starting to show up for me is this transfer of experiences and teaching of knowledge and helping really into my kids yeah. and my kids are 12 and 14 now and i start to think of the you know like hey they're about to learn how to scuba dive later in the fall nice. and they have all these experiences and traveling in international travel and they've done that but also some of the crazy international travel where it's like hey let's just go there and we have no plans we'll just go <laughs> left if we feel like going left or we'll go right if we feel like going right and a lot of the experiences i've had in my life and being able to share that with them and additionally, sharing the knowledge that I've gained through speaking, the speaking industry, teaching others, personal development, and then passing that on to others. So that's from the business standpoint where that start to, that's starting to show up now, where I want to pass on that knowledge and be able to give that and create systems and models that will help others along the way. So when people reach out, they say, how do I be become a better speaker? How do I grow my business? That's great. Or how do I get unstuck from this particular point in my life? I want to help others along the way. So I, I celebrate and anybody that's listening right now. If you want to reach out to me, I mean, find me on Facebook, Kenyon Salo and, and connect with me. I, I want to help others. So when people reach out, I help them in some way. And that's how you and I connected. Yeah. You, just, you reached out and I was like, boom, here we are. And yeah. they were impacting your audience members too. I love that, man. You know, nothing better than, uh, than than creating new experiences with your kids and, and creating new stories to tell, uh, yeah. traveling the world. And I and I love I love to to hear that you know you're getting involved in in sharing more and wanting to to coach other people and help them do more of what it is they want to do in their own uh, their own business, their life, their speaking career, whatever it is. Um, that that is a that's a pretty awesome thing. Definitely an awesome thing. So. Um, what I'd love to do is is tell people what's the what's the easiest way, the best way to get a hold of you. If somebody's like, you know, I need to talk to this guy some more, and maybe want to take him up on some on a coaching offer and and do more of what it is he teaches people to do. How can they connect with you? What's the best way to get to you? Yeah, either Facebook or LinkedIn, and I'm an easy guy to find. Uh, 
where it's just it's Kenyan sailor. There's only two of us that I know of <laughs> the entire world, and I'm the only one that that you know that you'll see it on on social media. So just you can Google my name, Kenyan Salo. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. The link will be right there on the on the front page of Google. So connect with me there. Send me a message, and uh, we'll just open it up. And and really, as I mentioned before, all you have to do is say yes and figure out the how. So yeah. I don't know how I'm going to help an individual or that person might not know how that I can help them. But if you're like, hey, something resonates with me here. If you feel that it resonates, reach out. We'll go from there and we'll see what it is. Beautiful, man. I, I appreciate it. And, and to everybody listening, I got I really need to spell out how important this message is that Kenyon has today. Because if honestly, if if I were going to try to encapsulate, you know, what's the best business advice and connection advice. It's exactly what he's talking about, which is which is being authentic. One of the worst mistakes you can make is to be inauthentic about who you are. Don't apologize. Like like whatever your personality is, your what your values are, as long as you're living what's important to you when you're sharing your message and you're and you're growing your business or you're trying to grow within your organization or you're or you're being who you are even with your family relationships. You've got to be authentic and be willing to connect with people from from your gut, from the person you really are. Um, so thank you, Kenyon, for, for sharing your story, letting us know about you. Uh, for everybody listening, if you go to AaronKeithHawkins.com, type in the word, uh, type in Kenyon into the search bar. It's on the top right of the screen, K-E-N-Y-O-N. Um, one of the coolest names, if not the coolest name I've ever heard. Yeah, where's it from, Kenyon? You know, dad's name was Kenrick. They wanted something similar, but not junior. So it was a baby book. You know, it's it's, it's so simple. It's just a baby book name. But uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. It works well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely an advantage with that name. Uh, but yeah, type in Kenyon into the search bar. You get the link to this episode and I'll make sure I have every link I can find and make sure you can hook up with him. Uh, or just go to Kenyon Salo, S-A-L-O dot com and find him there. Uh, please make sure you thank him for spending this time with us today. Kenyon, before we run, I just got to say thank you for being one of those one of those guys that uh, I'm happy, one of the people that I'm happy to have in my circle of influence in this network. I love what you're doing. I really do. Um, because if more people will take the lessons that you're teaching and actually adopt them and implement them, man, the world's a better place. So keep crushing it. Keep doing what you're doing. And I can't wait to, to talk to you again soon. We'll definitely keep in touch, my friend. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. Hey, it's Aaron, and thanks again for joining me. If you liked that episode, please make sure you hit subscribe to make sure you get the next one. Also, to get a free copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, plus access to free training and free one-on-one coaching to improve your influence, relationships, and personal confidence, just visit AaronKeithHawkins.com to get it all. That's AaronKeithHawkins.com.